Welcome to Paradigms at Paradigms.life. Hi, welcome to another episode of Paradigms. I'm your host, Baruch, happy to be here with you, bringing you inspired, inspiring people. And this episode is packed. We've got two interviews. One is with a Swedish folk band, Vassen, who are currently on tour in the U.S., uh, in the West Coast. Hopefully you can catch them. They have a new CD out called Brood, and the music's wonderful, and they were a hoot to talk with, really funny and fun and great guys. And then we're going to talk with Rod Kinney, and he's got a brand new CD out called Forces of Nature. So we'll be talking about his new CD and the process of making it and some topical issues. So it's a packed show, and we're just going to jump right in and start out by meeting the guys from Vassen on Paradigms. Vassen, welcome to Paradigms. Thank you. I've been listening to your new CD, Brood, and really loving it, but I would love it if you would tell listeners who you are and what instruments you play, and then we could talk some more about the music. Sure. I can start. I'm playing the Swedish nickelharpa. It's a traditional Swedish instrument with a set of wooden keys that I play on with my left hand, and I play with a bow in my right hand. My name is Olof Johansson, and I've been in the band since we started in 1989. I'm Mikael Marin, string viola. I've also been in the band since 1989. And I play the guitar. My name is Roger, or Roger Tallrot, as I pronounce it in Sweden. These are the members from when we first founded the band back in 89, as Mikael was referring to. We have made a lot of albums throughout the years. Sometimes I say we're making the same album over and over again, <laughs> but it's the same take on the same kind of music. We like to give them different titles, like this last one is called Brood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you guys are funny. So you've been playing together for almost three decades. That's really amazing right there. You must know each other pretty well by now. Yes, yes. Like someone said yesterday, we're not laughing at each other's joke anymore. We're <laughs> laughing at each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> well, I've been listening to this, this CD, and I want to ask first about this Nickel Harpa, because I've never seen anything like it, and it's got to be really hard to play. Oh, God, yeah. It's so difficult. Uh, If you compare it to fiddle, it pays off better in the beginning since you have certain places to put your fingers for your left hand. But then when it comes to playing more complicated melodies and, and arrangements and tunes, it's more of a work to find your way in that set of keys, climbing up and down and, and, and so on. Yeah. But it looks more complicated than it is, really. But this is a traditional folk instrument. Yes. Wow. It's, the oldest picture is from 1350 in Sweden. It's a fantastic-looking instrument, and and the photograph in the CD of you holding it, you, you, lo- you have a little bit of a... a a smile on your face, and I'm imagining that you're thinking smugly, I can play this and you can't. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> so you've been playing together for almost 30 years, and I, I will confess 
my ignorance of Swedish folk music, I, it, completely unfamiliar. And when the CD came in the mail, I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. And really, it is. I grew up listening to all kinds of bluegrass and, and country music here in the United States. And this music just fits right in. You want to get up and move. It's definitely dancing music, a lot of it. But some of it's also fairly emotional. The first track on the album is a little melancholy and kind of hits you more in, in that place. But most of them are really, you know, you just want to dance around. That's good to hear. The thing is, we notice over the years, we've been touring in in U.S. for many years, and, and we come back on a yearly basis. So we have noticed there's a slight gap between how people interpret Swedish traditional music in general and, and what we are trying to achieve. One of the reasons for that, I believe, is that we, in the early stage, when we just started to play together, we sort of moved down in, in pitch and we tried to, I retuned and restringed my instrument fairly early in our career as a band. And Mikael has also gone from playing more fiddle maybe in the start and then viola and now five-string viola. So the, the timbre of the band is, is slightly deeper than you would find traditionally. Interesting. As a guitar player, I also work a lot with, with baseline and continuous way of thinking, harmonizing that way. So, so I think the flow of the band and the energy of the, of the playing on the instruments is, if not unique, so sort of a brand for the band. Roger, playing the guitar, you're basically the rhythm section. Yeah, I'm sort of something between a drummer and a guitar player, maybe. Mountain people will love this music. This is mountain music. Mm -hmm. So we won't get to tour in the plains, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Vermont, which is, you know, I grew up going to barn dances, and, and this is exactly the kind of music that we would be listening to and dancing to. It is sort of dance-based music. I mean, traditionally as well. A lot of the music was performed for dancers. And we do play dance gigs now and then uh, as well. Yes. Great to talk with Olav, Roger, and Mikhail from the Swedish folk band Vassen. And here is something from their new CD brood, Sonia's Promenade. You're listening to Paradigms at paradigms.life.
Sonia's Promenade from Vassin's new CD, Brood. And here's the next part of my conversation with the guys from Vassin. One of the things I'm always interested in, especially with people who play live concerts, um, is the sense of community that this music creates in a room. What's your experience of how this music affects a group of people? The music is happening in the room together with the people who are listening. So it's very including. And I think that's the community creating part of it. I noticed over the years that essence music energize people. And make them feel younger. We, we've heard that from many people. <laughs> I felt like a 14-year-old is one of the quotes from, from the audience. You, you tour in the United States some, but you're playing all throughout Europe, it looks like, from your touring schedule. Mostly in the Nordic countries and then in Western Europe and North America and Japan. That seems like our territories for touring. Well, if you're going to Japan, then obviously they love you. Yeah, the reactions of the audiences, depending on where you are in the world, kind of differs a little. I would say Japanese audiences are very polite and well-behaving, but they are really appreciative. So after the show, they will, even even if they, you know, doesn't make that much noise during our performance, they will come up after and say that... They, they will line up in a straight line and, and think of some beautiful words to say when they finally get to meet us. That must be so interesting for you guys to experience these different ways different uh, cultural conventions. Some of these cultural conventions strikes me to be so nice. <laughs> some things that have evolved in some countries are such nice things. Since you get to sample humanity from these various contexts, I wonder, what do you learn or what are you surprised by or what inspires you in encountering people in our various differences and similarities? That's a big question, but I would say that uh, the power of live concerts and live music in being able to bring people together and unite people is possibly one of the striking things that, independent on where we play in the world, is very efficient and, and obvious. At this time in, in our human story, once again, we are faced with lots of fear and divisiveness. And so what you're doing, what music, what artists do when they bring people together seems of enormous importance and significance right now. We're in opposition to hatred and... and uh, anger, despair. But our motive is is never political and that's not obviously anyway, but that's the that's the work that we can see comes from playing and meeting people and, and it's a fast ticket to a very intimate place in people's hearts and also into sometimes into their living rooms really fast, even if we don't know them. <laughs> So that's a good sign of that. It, it brings down the guards and uh, open up minds and put a smile on people's faces. I had the good fortune to travel a bunch in my late 40s, so 10 years ago or so. And it's almost cliche to say it, but 
you know, what I saw was that people are people wherever you go, and ideology and political agendas aside, we're really all much more alike than we are different. And unless you get to experience that, it's just an idea. But once you experience it, it's a reality. Yeah. yeah. You're right about that. <laughs> so you're in Seattle now. You're coming to Oregon soon. And then where do you go? After Portland, Oregon, we're heading down to Berkeley, California, to pay the freight and salvage. And after that, we're going to... Aptos, Aptos just Cal outside Santa Cruz. And then we go to Ashland, Oregon. And then Eugene, Oregon, Shed Institute, and finish off at the Old Settlers Music Festival in Driftwood, Texas. And then when you're done with Texas, you head back to Europe? Yes. And then there's a few concerts in Norway and Sweden coming up. We'll be back in a few minutes with the final part of that conversation. But here's something else from Vassin's new CD, Brood. It's called Trostemarch, which means thunderstorm. Thank you. 
here is the final part of my conversation with Olaf, Roger, and Mikhail from Vassen. I'm curious a little bit because these compositions on your CD are all originals. You are each composers. I'm interested in how your process is with each other about the actual creation of the music. The, the procedure is usually that we decide to make an album and then we sit down and if we don't have enough tunes, we make some new tunes on our own chambers. So everybody brings melodies with them that we present to the others in the band. And then we start playing them, basically learn the melodies first, and then we start jamming on them, having fun, trying different things, uh, and then it evolves from there. And sometimes we get stuck, like any other creative process. I mean, over time, it's been quite a lot of tunes that we have been processing over the years. So sometimes you, you can get a little tired on, on some solutions. So you, you have to, you need to make an inventory in your toolbox to find some new ways of using the tools you have and maybe buy some new tools in order to get a better result. So sometimes we, we just leave a tune for a while or some of us brings it home and wrestle it down and then come back the day after with some ideas. So some ideas are, are maybe better born in solitude. And that's the usual case. It's more just played in real time and recorded and, and then decided on what to keep and what not to. You must enjoy playing with each other after all this time, if you're still doing it and making all these different things. And I know you joked about how it's the same thing over and over, but really each piece is very unique. This recording I enjoyed very much. It was good fun. How long did it take you to record this? It was two sessions of, of five days, and we started to record a little bit at the end of the first session. We rehearsed first, went through all the material, and then we started to record on day number five, maybe. And then we had another four or five days to record. Well, I guess when you know each other this well and have played together for this long, you know how it's going to go. When you're a carpenter or whatever, you're going to make something and you don't exactly know what you're trying to achieve. But you can see on a set list, on the track list of the album that you're going to need some more energy now and then and maybe something more in the terms of melancholy or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so you have to fill in the blanks and come up with a fairly fresh idea of the tune and how to play it and arrange it. You never know what's going to show up. But roughly, we have our roles in the band and, and we have been doing this for such a long time when I compose a tune, I can hear the band playing it. But then again, sometimes we change keys and adjust keys and try new keys in order to see where it sounds better and, and stuff like that. And also have some different instruments to choose from if we want to make some more variation throughout the CD. Roger, you use some fairly unusual tunings on your Martin 12 string, which is just an incredible instrument. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I started early because I felt the need of, of some lower notes in my life. So I, I 
restrung and retuned my instrument to liberate my left hand and play more bass lines. I think what you're doing is wonderful, and I take very seriously the role that music plays in enriching not just culture, but each of us. So I'm very appreciative of people like you who are doing this and who have made this. You are continuing to create together after all this time, and there's something uh, quite really wonderful just about that. I'm glad you glad you think that way. <laughs> I'm sure you had your moments. We think it's a miracle. <laughs> Music is strong. But we're very much looking forward to meet our old fans and some new audience here in the US on this tour. Yeah, we're looking forward to this. Olaf, Roger, and Mikhail, I really enjoyed talking with you, and I'm enjoying your music very much. And have a, an awesome time the rest of the trip. Thank you very much. Check out Vasen's website, V-A-S-E-N dot S-E. Their touring schedule is there, lots of information. You can check out their many other CDs. And I really appreciated talking with them. And as you can tell, they're really fun guys. So now we're going to move into the next part of this episode of Paradigms, and we're going to talk with Rod Kinney. Rod Kinney, welcome back to Paradigms. Oh, thanks very much, Baruch, for having me. You were on the show in 2013, and now you have a brand new CD out, Forces of Nature. I've been listening to it and really enjoying it, and uh, I know that you spent a lot of time working on this. It was April 2012. I recorded the first demos, acoustic guitar tracks. So actually about five years it's been. And you also play the bass and do the vocals. You have other musicians playing who are really good, but you do a lot of the music. It's really an accomplishment. This time around, I did most of the music and I did all the vocals, in fact, on this one, which is a first in my recording history. So, yeah, I, I did all the vocals on it, and uh, I've done much more electric guitar work, more than I have on previous albums as well. Finally, something I haven't done in years is I did more of my uh, flat bass playing, like on, on Forces of Nature, the song, and, and some others as well. It's really great, and with your vocals, you've really achieved a beautiful choral quality. What I've done in the studio is some multi-tracking, and I've... Um, done these harmony splits in certain parts of, of songs, which I've experimented with on this one, and you can hear it probably most apparent on uh, Unconditional and also on, uh, on Crystal. And your electric guitar is rocking. I love hearing how musicians progress in their own creativity and their own musical style, and this one is really... Your musicianship is 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 more. Uh, it's very satisfying to listen to. I love your other albums too, and your last album, which was Higher Self in 2011. You're really headed in this direction, but here you've kind of got. It's like you've arrived at something. I spent a long time leading up to this, and I've had a long time in making this and envisioning where I'm going musically. It feels really good. The response too has been. Very positive. However, it's been quite a bit more difficult in getting the album out this time. The internet has really tightened up, and Google, of course, is a monopoly. Make no mistake about it. 
and they place their um, more established websites and people who are independent get really shoved in, in the wilderness, so to speak. You're absolutely right. The only way to get your thing properly accessible in the big search engines like Google is to pay them a lot of money. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but that being said, you have this album with 11 beautiful tracks. You wrote all of them but one. And I'd love to talk about that one in a little while. Sure. But tell me about the songwriting. What's the process been like for you? What's the creative process been like for you? I've had probably six of those songs done in, in 2012. I, I had them already written. I, I like to take a lot of time on my work, writing songs, going over them a lot, refining them, examining the, the words I choose, looking at it uh, at a point from what it means to me and looking at the connotations of certain words, what they mean to the rest of humanity or, or what is the, the current culture. I really enjoy with songwriting musically to do a little bit what's unexpected, to take the listener on a journey and not to be predictable. And also, most importantly, I want to do something that will make the listener feel good, even in the sad songs. You know, there's still something about them and something deep within me. And mind you, I'm, I was once a very cynical person, and I, I don't feel great every single day about the world, certainly, but uh, there's something in me in the songwriting that's, that's really warm and, and strong and positive that I feel that, that comes out. It's one of the mysteries of doing this, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much. Tell me about some of the specific songs, like Forces of Nature. Forces was actually one of the, the early ones to be written. It's really about, you know, the, the, the chorus, of course, I trust in the universe. It's not about landing first. The forces of nature will carry me home. It's sort of like this whole album, and when I, I promote it, I have no real stake personally in the outcome of this, except that I want to do my very best. I tend to go where the synchronicity takes me. I found my audience to be uh, largely in Europe for some reason. Part of that reason is they have more of an affection for what is known as American West Coast album-oriented rock as a genre, which goes back to like the sounds of uh, Toto and Steely Dan and, and uh, that type of stuff. I'm a bit different from that, obviously, but it, it's those fans in Europe that tend to relate to my music through that connection. We'll be back with more of my conversation with Rod Kinney, but here's the title track from his new CD, Forces of Nature. Oh 
That's the title track from Rod Kinney's new CD, Forces of Nature, 
And here is the next part of our conversation. You're listening to Paradigms at Paradigms.life. What about the song These Times? That one is more of a, of a love song back when I was in a relationship a few years back. It, it's about sort of the craziness that, that goes on in life, the inhumanity toward each other at times. It's about being with your loved one and uh, just going through the storm together. Just this past year, you know, this past um, election cycle and still even after it, all the madness, you know, the, the baiting and what I call the distortion, people playing into that and just attacking two different sides of people just going after each other. It's that sort of craziness. I'm just dancing between the archons right now trying to, to get my stuff out and uh, not playing into that, that distortion. One side being against another, people will tend to play into that distortion now, the distortion itself, too, is, is very limited once you see through it. We don't live in, in a hassle-free zone. I mean, I think we all need our little sanctuaries, but our day-to-day -day life in, in changing the world, we're not going to be in the hassle-free zone. In life itself, although there are fun things to do in life, it's not meant to be easy. We're here to meet challenges, and we're here to speak our own truth and to find our own way to speak our own truth. And it can be through uh, many different forms, like what you do with, with paradigms and what I'm doing as well. Touching on that note, too, with the music that's being promoted today, first of all, the, the songwriting itself is, is just become one single mold, practically. And there's also the element of transhumanism in it, which is lack of humanity and more of electronic music that is quite uh, soulless and much of the, the messages in it are more about, I don't know, destruction and, and lust and, and people write about understanding and who, <laughs> like I say, they get, they get buried in the wilderness. I saw an advertisement for a computer program that you can use to to write songs. It will come up with lyrics for you based on ideas you feed into it. And that seemed really weird to me. That is transhumanism. It's merging of, of human beings with technology to do that, where I consider that to be very sacred. That's something that comes from within, and it takes time to uncover it and to cultivate that from within. And it's it's a very sacred process. It comes out of you and through you, and it isn't a machine. That leads me to ask you about the one song on the CD that you didn't write, and it's a Kirsty McCall song, and I'm a huge Kirsty McCall fan, so it was really wonderful to see that you'd recorded her song, They Don't Know, and you did a beautiful, really stripped-down version of it. What was the motivation there? They Don't Know was a song I did in my uh, live performances. It's something... I felt that my album could have used with something a little more lighthearted and uh, just a, that type of song. One thing I've been aware of with my work, it's more apparent my earlier work, is I tended to get very wordy. And it's, it's a lot of information for the listener to sort through. What I've worked at in expressing myself is to do it with fewer words. 
getting back to they don't know that yeah the reason i i wanted that on there was because it was a little more stripped down and i think it, it gives the listener a little break and a little bit of lift and sort of a, a little break from the rest of the songs on my album who are some of your main musical inspirations prefab sprout is a band from england that i've i've liked uh, since the 80s jackson brown uh, songwriting the pretender being one song actually it's coming home from my job one night and that was on and it just it really got me by the heart it, it's, it's an amazing song uh going back years ago in, in england uh level 42 peter gabriel i like i like also peter gabriel era genesis i really learned a lot from my uh previous producer for one, Mr. Joel Puerta, and my current producer and engineer on this album, Mr. Brian Bart, who I want to take time to give him the credit he deserves. He did a fantastic job. Brian was a uh, guitarist, kind of a local legendary band uh, in the Twin Cities here called Dare Force, and he's an engineer now and has his own studio, and I've worked with Brian even on the, the last record, Some, with some session. He uh, was my engineer and co-producer on this record, and he did a fantastic job, I must say. He did, and he also plays uh, keyboards and and does some of the percussion. Brian was a guitarist, and um, he um, lost use of like his his left hand. So he's he's just he played some keyboards and and uh, on this one. We'll be back with the final part of my conversation with Rod Kinney, but first, here's another song from his new CD forces of nature. This is the song, These Times.
These Times, from Rod Kinney's new CD, Forces of Nature. And now here's the final part of my conversation with Rod. You're in the Twin Cities area. What kinds of community organizing or activism are you aware of that's happening there that makes an impression on you? The 9-11 Truth Movement, uh, like skeptics of, of like the, the Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing, that is, is very much of interest to me uh, because these events are, are not what they appear to be, how they're presented. They are FEMA capstone events. And I, I think that's something the general public, at least the public that watches mainstream media, have no idea uh, of what's really behind them. And just what you just said will freak people out. Yeah, I, I know it's it's very heavy, you know, and... and uh, well, when you go against the prevailing narrative, people who find comfort in the prevailing narrative become frightened. And yet it's really important for us to think critically about these things, to ask questions, especially when we see inconsistencies between the official narrative and visual records of things. The thing that struck me so much about some of the incidents you just cited is that you see in photographs the same people, even the same people, quote-unquote, dead from one incident to another. That's very strange. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the crisis actors. Between Sandy Hook and Boston, there are a number of instances where it's the same people. That's just bizarre. I mean, that means that the the official narrative is clearly not real and is a manipulation. And it, it upsets people. And, and the, new, the uh, Sandy Hook incident, questioning that, really upsets people because it was about a, an elementary school. Yeah, because, well, you see, the whole thing is with manipulation. They know what you care about. They know people care about children, and they, they're going to get emotional over that. And, and once you have people's emotions on that level, they are very much open to being manipulated. And the manipulators know what people care about, and they, they use it against you. And that's, that's the thing about being human beings, too, is that, that we have this. And I think they're very much seen by uh, these, I'll call them psychopaths, as, as a weakness. The uh, far right derides people for caring and calls them snowflakes and stuff like that, when really it's human decency to care. Yes, yes. I think there has to be to a balance with people between what is known as the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine. It's, it's kind of the left side and the right side of the brain being in harmony with, with each other. You mentioned the snowflakes, and that gets into the, the whole manipulation, the distortion again seems that more people are questioning and seeing through these things nowadays. Yes, there are. And in fact, like with the, the mainstream media, is the interest in that is uh, at an all-time low. This past Super Bowl, not only is, is the game fixed, but um, they have to keep it all going, you know, until the fourth quarter and actually make a game of it so the advertisers get their money, for, for one thing. And I think right now people are starting to, to tune out from that. They don't know what to believe. And so people gravitate towards that which 
echoes their existing beliefs. And yes, I think they're tuning out a lot of the the well-known talking heads and the well-known messages because it's just all sort of the same thing over and over again. And it, it doesn't actually inform in a way that empowers. But we have a lot of work to do to bring critical thinking back into being uh, a valued part of our how our society works. It just starts out with asking the basic questions about events, just very basic questions. Who, what, why, where, when? Just asking them very simply. There's a whole lot of awareness and caring and decency and questioning going on, way more than perhaps is represented, once again, in the mainstream media. There's more of us questioning than people realize all around the world. I I couldn't agree more. Going back even 10 years or so, this is much more on people's minds than than what it was 10 years ago. I'm seeing that in in my day-to-day life, which is very, very encouraging. I applaud those people. Absolutely. I mean, you have movements like the, the water protectors. Well, now there are water protectors protesting pipelines and other dangerous, polluting industrial activities all around this country and other countries more and more. People are inspiring each other. And that's really great. That's what it's all about. And to come back to forces of nature, that's what the music is all about. It's about you being inspired and bringing that out to others. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Listeners will get to hear this music and also to check out your website, which is rodkinney.com. And that's you doing your, your work in the world. And so I appreciate it and thank you. It's a pleasure to talk with you again and really great to hear the new music. Ah, thanks very much, Baruch. Uh, thanks again for having me. And uh, thank you to all the uh, listeners of Paradigms. Rod Kinney. Check out his brand new CD, Forces of Nature. Go to his website, rodkinney, dot com, where you can buy the CD, check out his other CDs, learn more about him. He's an interesting guy. It was a good conversation, and I really appreciated having him on the show. So that's another episode of Paradigms. We'll be back next time with more inspired, inspiring people. I am going to leave you with another track from Forces of Nature. This one's called Crystal. Baruch signing off for Paradigms. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. This old hotel serves as a home for the poor. to tell the toil and anguish from lives so torn mother in from the street her face is battered so rough an old man suffering the heat lives off
You've been listening to Paradigms at paradigms.life. <laughs>